0: All right. so last week Matt talked about blind spots. How many of you guys saw your blind (laughs) spots? It's your blind spots. You can't see them. You need someone else. Uh, That was a good word. You know, there were some things that um, I got to see. Me and Matt, both we talked about blind spots and we got to see some of our own blind spots. That conversation was really comfortable. (laughs) So... Yeah, but you know what? Now it's good because they're not blind spots anymore. That was a good word, didn't you guys think? Yeah, if you didn't hear it, it is up on the podcast now, right? So you want to listen to that. It was super good. Um, so how many guys would like to be, like, ahead of, like, be forerunners? Like, I want to go out and I kind of want to be first. Like, I want to try new things. I don't want to just be like, you know, have you ever seen, like, you just, you got the memo too late, you know? You're like, oh, there was like this open house that was three weeks ago. Just got it. You know what I mean? Or everyone else is thinking, did I miss something? No, we want to be these forerunners. Like, um, we want to have in the moves of God. So many times... Okay, this is... I'm going to pray first, okay? I think this is going to be a really great word today. So, if you guys just pray with me. Lord, we just thank you that... The Holy Spirit, we just invite you here today, uh, that you have something powerful. You you are bringing revelation today, Lord. It is going to set us free in areas we didn't know that we were captive. So we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that your grace and peace falls over this room today, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, but we want to be these. We want to see these moves of God. Now. Christian music on the radio. Okay, it's great. There's a lot of great songs. They just came out five years ago, okay? Like, so when you want the new stuff that comes out, like, you can't listen to the radio, right? Because it's catching up. We don't want to catch up. When something new and amazing and Spiritfield comes out, I want it, like, I'm going to go, you know, to iTunes. I want to get it, you know, go from there, right? I don't want to wait until like everyone, you know, all these churches, they've been singing this forever. And we're like, I got to tell you about this great new song that came out. And you're like, oh, that's great. I've been listening to that for three years. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and old songs are good and new songs are good. But we, want, we don't want to be that like everyone else has already been there and we're like stepping into it. And yeah. I want to be a forerunner. I want to see what is, what, how is God moving? We don't have to flounder through life the way that... Um, you know, accepting things like, well, you know your kids are going to go through those terrible twos. Now they're just going to be a strong-willed child, and I get a lot more opportunities to help mold them and sculpt them. Oh, you know teenagers are rebellious. Well, I have two teenagers, and neither of them are rebellious. Preteen and teenager. You know, so I don't have to go by the norm and be like, I'm going to go with the move of God that looks different than what's always been. I'm not just going to accept that. You know, you hear this word, I've heard this word over and over. It's called a starter marriage, where people are like, you know, they last less than five years. A lot of people in their 20s go through those because they're not prepared to go into that. And so you have divorce that is rampant because, you know what, well, that's just what the world does. And the church is following there. So it's like, I don't want those mo- I don't want to stay the same as the way it looked. I want something that is moving. And you know what, if you've been that, that's just because we do what the world says instead of, moving and doing what God is saying. We just kind of accept it because, you know, well, our parents did this, or our family did this, or our church did this. It's like I'm not waiting three years to hear what God is doing. That season's gone. I'm in a season... (laughs) Everyone else, you know, we all got coats on. If someone wears shorts and a tank top, they don't know the season, right? They can't tell times and seasons. If you came in a short and tank top, please come. We will help you learn times and seasons. You got shorts and coats? <laughs> Some people, they can wear shorts. I don't know. but they, So we want something new, something different, something that is deeper. We can't wait until that season's past. We want to be in that fresh move of God. Um, we talked about uh, some friends of ours came and we talked about leveling up. I don't want to stay on the same level. you ever play games and you're on the same level for a long time? I I delete it from my phone. We're done with that game. If I can't pass this, it's done. New game. New game that I can win. I like to win at games. So if I'm on a level for like a day, it's over. Or I'm going to be like, Matt, get me something that's a cheat sheet. Okay? (laughs) Like, I got to pass this level. So... We want to level up. We don't want to stay and be like, well, our life is good. That's great. I want it to be a little better and a little better. I want to have a little more knowledge, a little more wisdom. I want to have a lot more peace. And I've been told one of my blind spots was, I am not a gentle person. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, So I learned that. So now I'm like, okay, I want to be, I want to grow there. I want to level up and be a little more gentle. So we all have areas that we need to grow in. Um, we ought to want more. How many of you guys want the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Okay, there's a lot of things. You know, we can have pieces of it, but man, that fullness. I couldn't even imagine walking in the overflow of that. Even just the fruits of the Spirit, like love. Like if I would seriously take every situation and be loving, you know what I mean? How much different would that be in my work, in my home, at church. You know, if I was joyful all the time, the people that didn't have joy, they would really hate me. But the people that, you know, they are wanting joy, they would really like me if I could have joy in every situation. You know, all of the fruits of the Spirit. If I, you know, we can't all be Paulette. But <laughs> Those you that don't know, her husband told us that we said, well, what, what would you think is, you know, her ones that she struggles you know, My wife doesn't struggle in any of those. So Galatians 5, guys, if you're wondering what the fruits of the Spirit are. But um, so we want that fullness. You know, we want all the gifts of the Spirit. We want the manifestation of the Spirit. You know, we want the promises of God. We want the protection, right? We want everything. So there's some things that happen to get full. Something has to happen. You don't just poof. It's filled up, right? There has to be an action in that. So today we're gonna to talk about something that you guys are really gonna like. Come on, give me some joy. Smile. Smile. Say we're gonna like this. Come on, we're gonna like this, okay? Okay. I just needed to get that down um, recorded so that if they say anything, it's okay, we got that. Okay. We're gonna talk about betrayal. Oh, <laughs> That one, that one fell just like a rock. Um, yeah, betrayal. Guys, I'm not going to have you raise your hands. <laughs> some of you might have to raise a lot of hands. <laughs> Extra, you know, but we've been betrayed. Everybody's been betrayed. In some, some things are little, some things are big. So we're going to talk about betrayal is a sign of going to new heights with the Lord. If you haven't been betrayed, you're probably still a baby in the Lord so yes I got betrayed growing <laughs> I'm mature well you got to get through <laughs> the betrayal the right way so there's some things that you know but it really is a sign of you know, Jesus was betrayed that was a new level if he didn't level up and do that we would not have an eternity with him right. he had to go through that that brought a new level in his fullness because he walked as man and God so betrayal is going these new heights. It's essential. It's an essential part of your destiny. So as parents, we want to protect our kids. You know, someone's mean to them, and I want to, like, someone says something bad about my kid, I'm going to fight them, you know, in my head. And then, my, and then the Holy Spirit comes and says, yeah, that's not a right thought. You're, in, you're in a grown woman. You can't fight a little child because they called your kid some name, you know. But you know you want to. You're like, when you grow up, I'm going to send you glitter in the mail. (laughs) If you guys don't know, that's a passive-aggressive way that people show that they're angry with someone. Because when you send something in the mail, when they open something that has glitter, it is there forever and ever and ever and ever. So it is an essential part of our destiny that we get wounded in the house of friends. Friends. So not enemies, not acquaintances, that you get wounded in the house of friends, friends, people that you trust. If you don't trust them, it's not really betrayal. (laughs) They just talk and smack about you. You know what I mean? It's got to be someone that you trusted. I can't be betrayed by a stranger. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have trust with them. So it's really essential to your growth that you're betrayed. Yeah, so don't go out and make that. <laughs> I gotta see who I can get real mad at. Me. <laughs> don't do that. So there's this. Um, we want to be more Christ-like. We wanna we want to know the heart of the Most High God. Then we need to feel that kiss of betrayal. If Jesus walked it, and we're supposed to be Christ-like and followers of Him, He walked through that, right? And if we're following him, we're eventually going to get to that point, and we're going to walk through that too, because yeah. we're following him. Follow the leader; kind of happens. You go where they go. Yeah. Um, and it, it when you're betrayed, it develops something in you. It's important. Begins to bring this uh, this process happens. We want the full power of the resurrection, right? Yeah. We want to we want to die and go to heaven, right? We want heaven, right? Yeah. We want promises. Yeah. We want blessings. We want healings, right? So we want the power of the resurrection. That means the suffering came with it. We know what happened on the cross. And if we're following him, wouldn't that be part of our life? We don't have to go to the cross, but we're following. And how did he become who he was? He had to go through some things and realize, you know what I mean? And so that's the same as if we are carrying our own cross, you know, we're going to feel the power, but we're also going to feel the suffering at times that Jesus fell. And we get to choose how we go through that process. So there's kind of is this process that you get to enter into. um, When... When you're like, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, I love him, I'm going to just live for him, it's great. And so we kind of have, the first thing that kind of happens is we have this declaration over our lives. So that's like a prophetic word spoken over your life. Okay, and if you don't know what a prophetic word is, it is like something that God says about you that is future, So if God says, you know, you're going to have this and this is what's going to happen and you're full of joy and peace and you're like a bitter person, in that moment you're thinking you're a liar. But God's like, oh, no, 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 it's future. So if you don't have a prophetic word, if you're like, I've never gotten one of those, no one's ever, guess what, open your Bible, go to Psalms, go like this and pick one, read it, there's a prophetic word over your life that you get to stand on. So if you don't have one now, you do. There's a lot of them, okay? so um, Or look up a promise. Speak that over your life. Now you have a declaration over your life. So if you don't have one, now you do. By the end of the day, you can do that. You have a prophetic word that you can speak over your life every day. Um, so you got this declaration. Now, now kind of the distress starts coming. You're thinking, every single thing that you said would happen or I would be, God... The exact opposite is now happening. Yeah. I remember we got a prophetic word about our finances like, know, like four years ago, was it? Oh, Lord. Don't be praying for a word on that. <laughs> because before you get to that, you get to walk through the process. You know? Lord, I have, hope everything bad happens to me. everything. <laughs> Don't do that either. So this distress, and that's basically God is working out all the things that you should not have in your life. And it is, it can be a little painful. Um, you know, he's going to start working things out. So if you're like, man, God, I got a word that I'm going to go preach to the nations. If you can't get up and do offering, uh-huh. he's going he's to give you opportunities to get in front of people. You're just not going to one day wake up and be like, hey, I'm going to get on the phone, you know, call this nation and tell them, hey, the Lord told me that I was supposed to come speak in front of you. And they're going to be like, I don't know who you are. I don't know your name, anything. So so that's that distressing point where God's going to grow you. You're going to actually have opportunities to work through the things. If you're afraid of being rejected, guess what? God's going to send some people that reject you. I was afraid of being rejected for years. So God sent a lot of people. A lot. And you know what? The longer it took me to work through that and be like, you know what? I can't care what they think. And I realized I didn't die because they rejected me. (laughs) You know? God's like, I needed you to go through that because you need to overcome that fear. Then you have that development. You know, that sounds easy. Think about like a baby. You know, we chart it. We're like, oh, when you're pregnant, oh, look, at they're this at this week, and you're just developing, and it's so sweet, and they're like this now, and, and they're just developing. You know, in the womb, it sounds really easy, right? <laughs> outside of the womb, um, outside of the womb, it's a little bit tougher. Um, when you are, think about like, it's not easy. It's not basic. I think about basic training. You know, you hear the basic training. There's nothing basic about that. (laughs) It's hard work. It takes a lot. You know, it's training. Development is training. (laughs) It's growing. It's maturing. Doing things different. Not just throwing stuff up in there and be like, I hope everything lands right. It won't. You God uses the trauma of our circumstances to develop us. <sighs> the trauma of our circumstances to develop us. So, demonstration. The next thing comes is you get to actually apply what you've learned. You get to say, you know, this is where you begin to um, uh, inherit your, in, inherit your <coughs> destiny. You begin to walk in it so you have to go through all of that stuff to get there. So I'm going to talk about if you guys want to go in your bible I'm going to be in Genesis in 37 um, through 50. I'm going to be jumping around, but we're going to talk about Joseph. I like Joseph. I relate with Joseph. And he was the youngest for most for a while, you know, he had all these siblings. That's my life. He was the parents favorite. I <laughs> better take that out in case my parents listen at. Um, you know, they were you know, he, he had these dreams and he had wisdom and all of this stuff. So, but the problem is with Joseph, his wisdom didn't come until later. <laughs> you know, he's kind of a spoiled brat, right? So here's what kind of goes on with Joseph is, you know, he has these dreams and he's like, Hey guys, just want to tell you, um, I had this dream and all of you guys are going to bow down to me. If you have older siblings, that did probably not go very well. I'm going to be in charge of you and you. And he had a lot of brothers, so he had to go down the line. I don't think that went very well because they were shepherds, and shepherds were not like high class, you know, the country. You know what I mean? So they weren't, you know, high society, wealthy living anyways. And here it is. He's saying, I'm going to be over you guys. I'm going to rule you know, ha, ha, ha. And I'm pretty sure he said it like, guess what? Y'all are going to be losers. And I'm, you know what I mean? He probably didn't say it nice. I'm pretty sure that's not how it went down. So, you know, he goes out. His dad says, hey, go tell, you know, go tell your brothers you need to do this. So he's like, okay, dad, you know, I know you're favorite. Love you. So he goes out and looks at his brothers. By this time, his brothers have thought about this. They, they had not, they don't really understand grace yet okay they're under the law so they thought there would be this great idea so he finds them you know joseph probably shouldn't have went and found his brothers by himself after saying that so you know he had the knowledge of what he needed to do he did not have the wisdom to follow through with that you know you know when you say something to your siblings you know that you stay next to mom and dad wherever they go they go the bathroom you stand outside the door (laughs) within screaming distance of anybody that can help you I had eight older siblings, okay? And I was a very loud, spirited child at home and a very quiet, shy child in public. So I spent a lot of time following my mom around for things I did and maybe for things I didn't know. So he had a bad idea. So in 37, um, 18, I'm going to jump to there. And this is what it says. So the brothers saw him in the distance, and before he had reached them, they plotted to kill him. That's extreme. Um, They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of those pits. We can say that a vicious animal ate him. You know how to make lies with your siblings. Then we'll see what becomes of his dream. Mm, That's a little intense. Like I was more like, my sister's going to punch me. But... Man, that's intense. Their first thought was to kill him, you know. Except Reuben. Reuben's like, you guys, this is gonna end badly. But you know what? They didn't. Reuben wasn't the oldest. They didn't listen to him. So he gets. They take him. They throw him in this pit, and he's like, "Okay, joke's over, guys. Ha ha." You know, come back. They don't come back. They don't come back. All of a sudden, these these travelers come, and they're like, "Hey, let's sell him into slavery." So he goes into slavery. And, um, then he's in this new, um, land and there's this guy named Potiphar who was like the second in command and he saw favor in Joseph and he's like, Hey, come on, be my housekeeper, take control of all the things that I do. So in 39, um, I'm going to read there. It says now Joseph had been taken to Egypt and Egypt named Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh at the cap as the captain of the guards brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. They, The Lord was with Joseph. That's good. And he became a successful man, serving in the household of the Egyptian master. When the master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor in his master's sight and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. From that time on, He was put him in charge of the household and all he owned. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned, in the house and in the fields. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except what he ate. I mean, he he went from a slave to being, man, he's pretty powerful. And, you know, he's still at the point thinking, hey, this isn't so bad. Okay, I can do this. So life seemed pretty good at that moment. He had everything he needs, but, you know, Joe, he was a handsome man. I like to pretend that he looked a little bit like this guy here. And, you know, he was a good-looking man. And Potiphar's wife's like, hey, what's up? (laughs) And Joe's like, "Um, I got a good thing going here. Back away, back away. But she just kept bothering him. She's like, come on, don't you want some of this? And he's like, no. And so basically she lied, and she's like, oh, Potiphar, Joseph attacked me. And of course, it's his wife, so he's like, you know what? I'm going to have to believe her. You, you're being demoted, going to prison. Oh, bummer. Okay? So here he was, living the high life, um, and now he's in prison. So he's in prison, and these guys come, the cupbearer. So basically, what a great job. All you have to do is pour wine and bring it to the king. That's your whole job, white-collar worker right there, right? Okay, so, you know, and then you have the baker. That's a little bit hotter. You've know, you got to be in a kitchen. you got to make all the bread. It's got to be, you know, perfect. And if you have children, you know they're going to run in and punch that bread down as soon as it rises, you know. And so these two guys come in, and they both have dreams in the prison. And Joseph's like, hey, you know what? I got to tell you, I serve a God and he can tell you what that means. So he interprets both the dream and he's like, the cupbearer, he's like, oh, you're going to be restored. You know, Pharaoh's going to be like, you know what? Not a big deal. Um, You know, we need to talk in private, Baker. Let me, you know, he said, you're not going to, you're going to go, you're going to find out who your maker is real soon. So that happens and the cupbearer goes, back to the, um, the palace, but Joseph says, hey, remember me. Remember me when you go to Pharaoh. Remember, you know, the dream that you had, and my God was able to interpret that. Okay? So I'm going to jump over to 41 here. And, uh, or to 40. And it says, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. In the first three words in 41 says, Two years later, this guy has been dealing with betrayal. His brothers betrayed him. Potiphar's wife betrayed him. You know, the cupbearer betrayed him. He spent two years in prison. Read a li- if you want to know what that was like, read a little bit about what prison was like then. You know what I mean? They didn't have flushing toilets, people. Yeah. There, that's all I'm going to say. Okay, so two years later. You think, you think Joseph had a little bit to be bitter about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you did nothing except share your, share your thought, share your dream. His life in, went from, you know, I'm dad's favorite, got my pretty coat on, you know, yeah. to you're a slave, you're in prison. You don't even have any idea. It's been two years. You know, after a few weeks, I'd have been like, pretty sure he forgot, right? So two years later, um, Pharaoh has these dreams. And the cupbearer's like, oh, I forgot to tell you two years ago. You know, like when I did something wrong and you forgave me. um, There was this guy, and you know what, his God... Um, gives him wisdom to interpret dreams. And so Pharaoh's like, well, go get him. Come on, people. So he comes here and he tells him the dreams. And he's like, okay, well, I can tell you what that means. Um, so, Pharaoh, or for, so Joseph says, hey, it's going to be, you know, got some good news and some bad news. The good news is uh, God showed me that you're going to have these great years, seven good years where there's going to be abundance, more than you need. The bad thing is, after that, you're going to have seven bad years. But because God showed you this, you're going to have time to prepare. So you're going to be able to take care of your nation. So so Pharaoh looks at him and says, you know, we need to put someone in charge of that. You know what? Joseph, you're going to do that. Get out of the prison. Come on, get washed up you're going to be in charge of this. He didn't really have a choice. He didn't ask him. He's like, you're going to be in charge of everything. Because basically, probably if it went bad, who would be to blame, right? So Joseph's like, okay, his life is good. He is now number two. It's like Pharaoh Joseph. He went from slave to being number two. That's a high place. That's like, he was like, I don't know, it like I don't know, it was like 10,537. I don't know. Uh, you know what I mean? He went from there to number two. That's a good move. That's like... So, um, so Joseph, I like this part in God's Word. It said, Joseph named his first son Manasseh. He was given that name because Joseph said, God made me forget all about my hard work and everything back home in my father's house. And then Joseph named his second son Ephraim. And Joseph gave him that name because he said, I had great troubles but God made me successful in everything. Those are some good names. Those of you that are having boys, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. God made me successful in everything. So in that time, you know, he keeps interpreting Jesus' dreams and things like that, and you keep hearing that he honors what? God. He gives God the credit. So if you look, he was betrayed over and over, but he went to the Father And he didn't have bitterness inside of him. So we look here and it's like betrayal does a guy good. He was betrayed all these times. Now he's second in command. He's so happy about it. He named his kids, you know, these joyful names. Life is good. Betrayal looked good on Joseph. I mean, he went from being just, you know, a shepherd to being, you know, very wealthy, very successful, very happy. Um, And so time goes on, and guess what happens after seven years? Nobody knows. Yeah, famine! Famine happens. So his brothers, his dad's like, we're all starving. So not just the nation of Egypt, but all the surrounding area. There's the famine. So people were coming from all of these nations. And so who shows up? Joseph's brothers. Oh, man, that'll, like, rip open a wound, won't it? So um, they showed up, and they didn't know about all this drama that had went on and that Joseph was even alive, and um, he, he got to, basically, he got to experience the fullness of what God had for him because when his brothers came, what happened in the end? He brought them in. He loved them. He gave them, you know. it said that he actually went away to cry because his heart was so full that, that they came here. So in, in chapter 50, if you jump over there, um, 19, it says, it says this. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me but God planned it for good and brings about the present result, the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Wow. When someone betrays me, I do not think about comforting them. I do The words I'm thinking are not usually kind, right? You know, like when they're not... When they walk away, you're like planning all the things you should have said or the things you want to say. And usually most of them are not like, I just love you so much. (laughs) You know, I'm just so glad that you like stabbed me in the back. (laughs) It just worked out for me. That's not how, you know, that's not how we feel, but that's what Joseph did. Because he realized to go to that next level, he didn't just save his family. Where he was, he might have been able to take care of his family but he saved nations upon nations he definitely leveled up that's huge huge nations how many nations wouldn't even have how many all of the tribes of israel would not even be here if joseph hadn't went through that betrayal and realized god is doing something what you meant for bad god meant for good and i'm going to go through it successfully there wouldn't even be any there wouldn't be the 12 tribes cuz where did the 12 tribes come from that family line you know from his dad all of those people they didn't plan so so his betrayal turned into a breakthrough for him and he became wealthy he became wise he was powerful he saved all of these people but his life was full of betrayal you know, by his family, by his employers, you know. And if in the prison, Joseph was also in charge of the prison because God just kept showing favor on him. You know, in there, you know, the cupbearer and and the bread maker, you know, betrayal there. His life was like this, you know, he was like a, a kid, a teenager, and then from that point on, it was just betrayal, betrayal, betrayal. Because this didn't happen in a six-month period. This was years. We have no right to stay wounded. We have every right to be healed. So when people betray us, you know what? We have to look and say, God, what are you doing in this? Even Jesus knew that. He's like, you know, Judas wasn't just some guy that came and listened to Jesus preach. He was his friend. He was with him all the time. You know, he, he saw him do miracles. He saw him heal people. He saw him multiply. It wasn't just a story that he heard. I mean, that's pretty... And, and he's forgiving. that He's like, you know what? Let it go on. Because I know the result that my Father in Heaven has so when you're walking in that betrayal, sometimes we need that to go to that next level. So when you want to be a forerunner, you want something different, then you've got to walk through what Jesus walked through. That's where you find the heart of God. It's in that process. It's in the process. The greatest place to find joy is in that process. It's easy to find joy in the good, the good things. But man, really, that's just kind of happiness. Obviously, anyone would be happy if good things are happening to you, right? But man, where you find joy is in that process. Thanksgiving towards those who have wounded you. Man, if someone's really betrayed you, I don't know, go buy them something. Send them flowers. I don't know, but don't don't send them flowers and be like, you know, eat dirt and die. Please don't send them. <laughs> okay? No, do something. Joseph, he when they came and gave him money for the grain, you know what he did? He put all of their money back, gave them extra. You know, he was kind of tricking them a little bit. I mean, he had to be a brother and be like, oh, let's pretend that you stole this. Because basically, he didn't want them to be afraid. He wanted to get the whole family to come. And he knew if he told them who they were, they'd run away and be scared, like, oh, my gosh, we did this, and now he's got all this power. So he ended up getting it, so his dad and his now younger brother, you know, all came. But he was generous and so generous that he just they kept giving and allotting not just to one nation but to multiple nations. That's how when someone's betrayed us, we're not, you know, when they show up and say, hey, I have this need, we're like, well, remember that time, you know, I was doing all this for you? And then you did this? No, I love doing that. You know, giving people something. Sometimes it makes them real mad. And then that that gives me joy kind of because I'm like, oh, God's breaking something in you. This is good. We're all going to get somewhere. We're all leveling up. And we're on different levels, so it's okay. You might be going here. I might be going here. Just keep moving up. Because I want the fullness of Christ. I'm not going to take what people, you know, a hundred years ago said, oh, this is good enough. It's not good enough for me. I want the fullness. It's not good enough for me. Mm -hmm. And if you are in Christ, it shouldn't be good enough for you because he died so that you could have the fullness. Why would you just, you know, if someone gave everything to you, would you walk up and be like, oh, all I need is a dollar? No. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're going to, like, take care of my house payment. You're going to do all of this? Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, no, I'll just take a dollar, buy ramen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, fullness. Come on, fullness. This is good because you know what? We're talking about relationships. And if you have any relationships, you're going to get, re- you know, you're going to have betrayal, you're going to have hurt, you're going to get wounded. But then you're also going to get to have connection and love and commitment and faithfulness and dedication. Woo! That's good. So you have to walk through both of them. Okay? So we're going to just finish with prayer. This was a good day. Yeah. Betrayal, come on. I know you guys are like, speak on that again. I can't wait till someone betrays me now. Right? Because Joseph got betrayed and he became powerful. He was wealthy. I mean, woo! That is good. You guys are going to be like, hey, let me just go through my notebook here and see, let me go through my, you know, address book and see who can, who can betray me today. How can I, you know, don't do that, but, you know, you guys are going to be excited. The next time you get betrayed, be like, I am moving up, going to the next level, okay? It's okay to be excited about that. you would be like, okay, this pain, I'm going to work through it because I know what's coming after that, so.